This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey! Hey! We oh, have you have to injure Jason. You're one of my dearest friends. Oh. Jason Abel. How long have you guys known each other? We met in the sixth grade at a bat mitzvah. What happened? I don't remember. I like wanted to be friends with you because you had really big bangs and you were like super <laughs> cool. And we were at they, a, Honestly, we, big bangs <laughs> makes you super yeah, cool back yeah. then. Everyone wanted to be friends with Jen Jakin. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Was, she a, was, she, was she nice then? Very nice. She's just always been nice. So nice. Did Jen want to be friends with anyone though? She was friends with everyone then. But very she doesn't different. actually like people no, I that know. much. It was very different. It was externally. <laughs> yeah. I went I went internally. I was yeah. like Jen was definitely inside. like extrovert turned introvert. Okay, yeah. so you and met at a bar mitzvah. And then we became best friends. And they became best friends. And then we've had a lot of life experiences together. A lot of life experiences. Can I have just like a highlight reel? I lost my virginity in Jason's basement. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then I told her friend about it, and then and, she yelled at me. And, <laughs> and now I'm not trusting Jen is very private. Very you private. told somebody, oh, that would kill her. It How mad me. were you? So I didn't want to tell anyone because I was very private. Um, mm-hmm. It was with my boyfriend at the time. and um, it, it was, was after junior prom. How cliche. <laughs> <laughs> it was after junior prom in Jason's basement on did his you, futon. There was did a you, private room, by the way. This wasn't you, like out yeah, of the open. Did you plan on it? Like, were you like, I'm going to go to junior nah, prom? And I'm she was like, virginity. tonight's the night. <laughs> it's prom. <laughs> I was singing beforehand. No, but um, so this was around Passover. Of course. Okay. Yeah. This is, this okay. is the best part okay. of it. And um, I think after we had sex, we like lost the condom or something. Yeah. Because oh you God. text me and you're like, we can't find the condom. And I was like, oh shit. Because it was like my dad's office. <laughs> so I, I, I like made a joke. This will resonate with like any Jewish listeners. Like the Afi Komen is where you find <laughs> yes, the matzo, yes, right? Yes. So I'm, I was like, Jen, I'm on the search for the Afi condom. And because it was but Passover were and it was so missing. funny, even junior year. I he know. has been funny his whole life. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> so. Other experiences, we were in anatomy together. In high school, yeah, and Jen. We took anatomy and Jen was scared of blood and she used I to pass out from blood. She used to pass out in even, class. Yeah. And yep. I used to have to wheelchair her to the nurse as so she was like unconscious. <laughs> Like, I would be like, if something would make me pass out, I'd be like, Jason, hold my head. And he would have to just, like, squeeze my yeah, head really just, hard. That's, a, that's some Vegas yeah. nerve shit, right? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Although, right. you were really good at dissecting the cat. Yeah. Which you is guys, so... Pro- wait, I'm so, sorry. You had to do what in a, your high school? Yeah, so problematic, right? Isn't yeah. that problematic? Now that it's very fucked up. Yeah. Like, I had to do an owl pellet, but that's just puke. I'm sorry, what? Poop. And, no, it's puke. An owl pellet is puke. I thought it was poop. I mean, no, poop. I'm pretty sure it's their puke. Really? Could be their poop. Not sure, but either way, not the same as too. a cat, guys. Yeah, Jen was like skinning the cat, like <laughs> no, and I, I'm like, blood. I'm like throwing up in the corner. She's like, why? <laughs> Meow. And I'm like, all right, this is really, really a problem. Yeah. This seems like a PETA issue. It really should be. Uh, I don't think they do it anymore. They shouldn't. Yeah. And there was, before that, there was a frog. We dissected other things. The cat yeah. was the most traumatic. For sure. Now that I think about it, like, For pains sure. my soul. Now that Is I this 2004? 2006? Six, yeah. yeah. Six, I know. <laughs> really terrible. Anyway, so we've known each other forever. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and what has kept the relationship alive? Tell me more. Um. Well, I think Jen and I, we talk about how we 
are both like stupid and have stupid <laughs> meaningless conversations and we sort of serve that role for each other where like we both have intense work lives and then we'll get on the phone and talk, talk about nothing. literally nothing for 40 minutes and i'm like oh god that was such a break from having to use my brain exactly so- I'm like, <laughs> but at the same time we can have deep conversations okay. for the most yes. part we love like talking about literally nothing. Yeah. For like an hour. We it's a good balance. Nothing. It is. That is a delicious balance. Delicious. Delicious. I love that very much. Now, where is the depth come in? So. Well, Je- I mean. This for- is now turned into an interview about your friendship. I like yeah. it though. Well, I like it too. <laughs> for me, I have a free therapist on speed dial, but I try not to. Like, I also, also Jen's just You're been You're very like, respectful though. Yeah. Very respectful. Yeah. Some people are not. Some pe- I'm sure some people are not. But Jen's also been my best friend since we were, like, 12. Forever. So Also, I can tell you. If I'm, like, annoyed with you, I can tell you. Oh, yeah. Like, Jen's called me mean, mean words before, We've but I've deserved fights. it. When yeah. you get in, wait, I feel like when you get in fights in your friendship and you, you make up, like, that's a real... Yeah. You know, yeah, you no, can no. get well, it, it just goes to such deeper levels, right? If you have a friend that you can have conflict with and then you can have repair with, it brings you to such a deeper level moving forward that it's like, oh, we can actually have something real here. A hundred percent. And also, you guys have a connection, too. I say we, and then I know you completely separate the gym. Yeah, yeah. Which so is that you used to work with my brother. I did. <laughs> it's actually really funny because when you guys first met was literally when I first started working with Jake. And I text Jen, and she was like, oh, I'm meeting my friend Emily. She went to Penn State. I was like, oh, who's that? She's like, Emily Beerley. I'm like, weird. My new work friend is Jake Beerley. <laughs> so we literally became friends at the same time, me and your brother and you two in grad school. And wow. do you think my brother and I are different people? Could not be more opposite. <laughs> like, very different. Very different Very different. People, but right? also... Like, in a way, like, similar sense of humor. Yes. Like, very similar sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Like, Jake has an amazing, you both have amazing sense of humor. But, like, but who's funny? Comes from. <laughs> um, no, probably my brother. Because it's done in such an underlying yeah. way, you don't see it coming, which makes it funnier. Yeah, very dry humor. Yes. And. But I'm easier to get along. Like, I'm, like, the like the more warm one. Uh-huh. But he's fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. So... Jason, why we brought you on today is not just to talk about our friendship, but we could. Yeah. But also to talk about your coming out story. Mm-hmm. I came out to you first. And I was the first <laughs> one who came out. So because when I first met Jason, I yeah. remember my brother being like, oh, you should go out with Jason. You would love him. Oh, gosh. So I can remember knowing you before you and came out. And you met me and I was like, hey, girl. And you're, like, <laughs> you're like, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> um, yeah, I came out to Jen like seven or eight years ago you okay were, so yeah. wait so yeah, yeah we how old were you okay. why did you decide to come out then tell us a little more yeah so i came out because i was gay <laughs> so that was like the <laughs> that was the underlying premise okay, i was like, okay, All right, okay, I, like I like guys um so no i was 24 and i guess i'd live my whole life very like hetero normative life i mean secretly knowing since i was like born i mean as long as you can remember that you were straight right like, yes as long as i can remember like Aladdin, I was like, ooh, like he abs on the match, right? Like yeah. things oh like you know, know as as far right? back as that. Yeah, I like had always known, but I think I didn't fit a lot of the stereo. At least when we were growing up, I think yeah. it's very different now. But when we were growing up, there wasn't like, you know, love Victor and love Simon on TV. No, it was nothing. like only Will and Grace, right? And we, so like, I would say we we grew up in a very heteronormative. Environment. Yes. environment. Like yeah. Very. Yeah. Like there wasn't a lot of space. Yeah. So I never felt like external pressure to come out because I was never being pushed in that direction. Mm. 
from no one any... was like no one was like saying to you at one point no. like oh like you're are Not you gay all, like no, no nobody no, no, made no, no. assumptions i never had that yeah. experience so i didn't like face i felt like external pressure was all more internal and then i think eventually as i was like in my you know in college you can kind of like play the card you're like oh drinking I'm like i'm too drunk. i'm too yeah. drunk like <laughs> and not into like relationships no college yes. kids like yeah it's like half and half right like it's almost like half the people are like interested in like finding a relationship but half just want to like party and have yeah. fun and so i think i can tell after college when i realized like okay what's my life gonna look like mm. and then i sort of like figured out like okay this is not for me like i'm dating girls and i'm not this is not it not like, this is I, not this I, is not it for some reason i feel like i just can't force myself into right. it it's no. really weird huh no it was bad it was like i just it, well i wasn't about it so now, did you have serious relationships i didn't know you at this point in your life um i had never like super serious okay. there was always like it always would get to some level and then i'd have to like end it you know mm-hmm. yeah. or like long distance like there was like a girl I really liked in New York and we liked each other but we can never like we didn't live near each other. Convenient. Very out, convenient. Really? Yeah, <laughs> things like that yes. that were like you know, when people grow up and they're like, Oh yeah, I hooked up with someone at camp and you're like, yeah. Sure, you have a camp girlfriend. Right. Right? Yes, like, yes. I uh-huh. had a camp girlfriend or like a long distance girlfriend, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay, yep. Um mm-hmm. but then I sort of then I started dating this girl in Philly and we went on like four or five dates and it was coming to the point where we like needed to have sex and mm-hmm. I was just like I was like, no, I don't I just can't want do to. This. So I finally like ended it, and my, I think my friends at that point were like, "Oh, like why don't you like her anymore?" And I was like, "I just don't like her," but like I couldn't really give a reason. Yeah. So then I slowly realized like, okay, I need to come out, and I was making. Uh, I think a lot of people come out in like transition points, and I was mm. leaving to go to grad school, so I knew I could be like, "Hey guys, I'm gay," and run and literally like hit the road and not have to deal with it, and then go like drive three hours to grad school and be like, oh. "Well, it um, also sounds like you were around a lot of straight people." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, oh, so like yeah. it wasn't like you guys had other friends no, that I were had, gay like, or coming out or queer had or having no exposure. No, like, wow. it was, like, we really yeah, it was like very heteronormative. Yeah, yeah. So eventually, I like I was like, okay, it's coming a point where like I have to make a decision. Like, do I want to be happy in my life? <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's time. And were you at that point not happy? Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, big time. And I had, like, gotten in really good shape, lost a lot of weight, was making a career change. We went to your sister's wedding together. I know. Yeah. I know. So all these things had happened that would, like, like you there was thought. nothing else I could point to to be like, hey, here's why I'm unhappy anymore. Mm. You know? You're like, no, 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 don't worry. If I just lose weight, yeah. I'll feel really good about well, myself. Yeah, well, that's a lot of – there's, yes. like, a lot of queer people who are in the closet yeah. trying, like – pick something to to harp on like oh it's just my career i need to do this or like oh i'm really unhappy with my weight or my family dynamic or my friend situation and you sort of like harp on something completely unrelated to your sexuality because it is easier oh it's much more easier to deal with it's much more easier it's much easier to make that kind of front and center yeah and not have to face your sexuality so anyway we're going to a wedding and jen had just started dating bill and it was like pretty early you dating Bill and I was taking Jen to my sister's wedding and I was like you know I feel like I should tell her before the wedding and I was it wait was there a reason why like you want it like well I think I I, the wedding have to do with him I also no I also started like I finally like got the nerve to like change my settings on tinder and I was like talking to someone and Mm. I like I wanted to talk to someone I was excited I wanted to like talk to someone yeah so I like I was like all right I think I'm gonna tell Jen and we were like at her down we were down the shore at her parents and it was like just us and we were like i was like how did this come up i was sort yeah, of I think, like i think you were like i think we were just hanging out you were like can i come over and i was like yeah sure yeah and i was like i need to tell you something and, and then i was like that... wink 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 and then jen like i think figured it out probably did you yeah 
Yeah. Now, do, do you think Jason might be gay before this? Yes. You did? <laughs> I think I had. I think you asked me that night too, and I said, "Yeah, I had some like thoughts that it was possible." Yeah. Yeah. So I think that. I was just re- I just needed to tell I was like bursting out of yeah, me that yeah. I needed to tell someone but the manner in which I told Jen was so funny it was so much of like someone who's still deeply in the closet because <laughs> I was like first I was like I think we need to get a drink and go sit outside and I have to like tell you something serious and Jen was like okay like I'm what sure drink? she oh wait so the, obviously the only drink in the entire house which is weird your parents had this was it was called like sexy romance <laughs> drink or something and it was literally what? It was yeah like a pink it was literally like drink? it was a pink martini like pre-mixed in Jen's parents yeah. Freezer that it was, was like, disgusting. and it was like the How gayest. How old were you guys? You could buy alcohol at this point. We were definitely we, we were lazy. Though. Yeah, lazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. We could definitely buy alcohol, but we Probably. were lazy. So I poured this like super gay drink into a martini glass, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm about to come out. So we went out to Jen's. We went out to your porch, and I was like, hey, so I don't, you know. I think that maybe I might not, you know, sort of not love girls, kind of, but I'm never going to tell anyone or do anything about it, but, like, I don't really like girls. And that was it. Uh, that was no <laughs> and and you, you were like, that's wonderful. Like, so if you, nice. Uh, so nice. Thank you for telling me. And if you never want to tell anyone else, you don't have to. And you can just, if you do want to, you should. But if you don't, just do what makes you happy. Accepting of anything. So you accepting. Anything. Yeah, so accepting. So that sort of was my launch pad of, like, okay. I think I might have cried. Did you? Yeah, I think you might have. Yeah. What, what yeah. a surprise. Big, a big shock. Shock. Yeah, right? Yeah. So then Jen was like the first person, and then it kind of went from there. Okay, also, okay. at his sister's wedding, <laughs> everyone would come up to us, and they would be like, oh, my God, like, kind of thought we were, like, together. In a couple. Yeah. In a couple. And, and Jason was about to go to grad school, like, far away, and they were like, oh, my God, are you going to be so upset when you leave? I was, like, so upset. I will be devastated. I would, like, hug him. Yeah. I'm like, but we'll talk, like, every day. It was terrible. Like, people would come up to me and be like, oh, be like, aren't you, like, a lucky girl? And she's like, I'm the luckiest. <laughs> like, I'm just going to miss him so dearly. And I was were you like, guys, like, Fake? Were you guys pretending you were dating, no, or people just assumed so you went? People just assumed because we were like a date at a wedding. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I understand. Um, yes. And I just hugged the shit out of Jason everywhere. Right yeah, now. that's true. <laughs> we are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. 
When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash chicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash chicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash shrink chicks. So I think it's sort of interesting, right? Because I think a lot of times we hear coming out stories, there's people who are like, other people in my life thought it, or I was like bullied. Like you never had any of that experience. Like your situation was so internal. Like, yeah. so that actually think makes it almost even harder to come out because you have to decide all on your own. Yeah. Like and are you ever well, I think, I, I think it. it maybe is a less like traumatizing coming out experience yes because like i think if you're forced out at a young age oh, or God. before you're ready or like it's a te it's terrible to have to go through that but you go through it earlier and i think it's, it makes it a little bit harder to mm -hmm. find the like push to like mm -hmm. get the nerve to come out if you're not you know if no one else is pushing you and no one else thinks it you're yeah. kind of like okay i could go on like this forever right. Right. um but yeah it just it felt like it was time for me, but still it was a really hard experience. Like my, I told my sister and she literally thought I was joking. And really? then my really? mom like had no idea, but there were people that like, Oh, I suspected it or yeah, that's not surprising. Or I knew. Cause like, how did you feel when people yeah. said that? Um, actually it was like somewhat of a sense of relief, but I also wanted to know why I was like, why did you think that? And like mm. my own parents didn't think that, right. you know, actually my dad said, I'm surprised you're telling me at this moment, and this is happening right now on this random Wednesday, <laughs> but well, I'm not surprised in general because I, like, avoided talking about girls with him forever, right? Okay. And then he stopped. So I think he probably had some more inclination um, mm -hmm. that I was probably gay, but... Can you talk about how you told your parents? I... Yeah. <laughs> I remember this. Wait, I wrote, I wrote it down. Okay. And I, I went into my mom's room, and I was like... I was like, you have to read this. And she was like, who's it from? And I was like, me. And she was like, okay. So I like handed her a note and walked out of the room. Oh, and then you she like, couldn't even be there during it. Yeah. And then I walked back in and I was like, so. And she was like shocked. She was like floored. She like could not believe that I was gay. Also really? because I have a very flamboyant cousin mm. who I think that is in her mind. So the comparison. Yeah. I think in her mind that is what gay was, right? Because they didn't grow up in an age where you saw like any variation of gay you just saw like hyper feminine right hyper feminine gays in media right yeah and well it's funny because then you talked about will and grace right which we have two very different gay men yeah in will and grace yeah. i feel like sort of was like the first introduction for a lot of people that like it everything looks so different yeah yeah but what i can't think of anything of like us and the fact that you even have can count the number of that that's oh, how yes. you know it's like in the a minority problem. Yes. yeah because you can count on your hands the number of uh -huh. um 
instances in the media of it's where... one it's, i can think of one yeah yeah i got nothing else besides that one and then frankly. modern family came out but right. we okay a little but that's older. yeah but that now was, that ellen came out and ellen that, yeah there an ellen but there's a lot show? i yeah. think it's much more prevalent now in media and oh my i think gosh, it's yeah. a very i think the generation growing up now has a very different perception yes. um and they were the gay marriage generation right like they mm-hmm. grew up during this like you know this change yes. in the way i mean there's still obviously a lot of you know problems but they grew up in this change in the way that like being gay was perceived in the media yeah Yeah. so much more like in movies in movies yeah movies yeah yeah. well i think unless you grew up right so we had a wonderful episode with our great clinician callie who talked about like growing up with two moms yeah and like unless you happen to already be in that community i don't think you were that exposed about it because it wasn't safe for many community members to be in smaller like subsystems right so like if you had two moms you also probably knew a lot of other gay people because they had other yeah. friends that were queer or 100%. lesbians right yeah. so like but like for us in our generation now for gen z it's totally different for gen- i think so yeah it's like completely different right i yeah. remember like if someone was bi in my high school it was like such a big deal and now i feel like if you're in gen z and you're not bi you're a fucking loser yeah it's like get- <laughs> it, no it's seriously like it if is- you're if you're not open as yeah. like in Fluid, in that generation yeah. it's like you're you're a loser you are <laughs> yes. which is great no i think I mean, it's awesome i'm yeah, like so happy um but the the piece i wanted to bring up about like you coming out to your parents by giving them a letter i think is important because i think you know there's this idea of oh you have to come out in this specific way yeah and yeah. i think that you can do it in the way that works for yeah you. i actually had a conversation with someone and they were like they were like this whole perception of you have to come out like face to face then like you owe it to them it's like that's bullshit yeah like yeah. it's your story to tell it's you know whatever makes you comfortable if it's mm-hmm. a phone call if it's a text message like whatever you want to do and if it's none of those and you don't feel the need to come out you don't have to right and if you just want to start dating someone of the same sex and that's your version of coming out and you don't want to have the conversation like you don't owe it to anyone to do that right so for me i always thought like i have to do this in person it has to be a sit down and then i was talking to someone and they were like yeah i like sent a long email to my parents and like that was the way it came out and they had this great relationship and i was like you know what like i'd be much more comfortable writing everything down because i'm gonna freeze up and just hand it to them and let them read it and yeah. then we can talk it through so mm-hmm. that was my that's what i but but i think it's important like you did it in the way that worked for you yeah i think you also have to be respectful and like of your of the people you come out to that have this like certain vision of their child especially your parents they have the certain vision of their child and what their child's life is going to look like that you want to be able to like answer questions for them and be open and understand it's going to take them time as well yeah and it's okay if it takes them time to process because it's sort of like telling someone telling anyone something about yourself that completely changes the notion of that person right especially your parents especially your parents did they did you have time with them to like answer questions and like did they ask you questions about it did you sit down with them afterwards yeah i did I did. And I think I, we also, I mean, I like left to go back up to grad school because that felt safer to me yeah. than like yeah. being in the house for three weeks. Although my parents, like I knew they would be fine. Right. Like I knew there was some adjustment that would have to happen. I think it made me and my dad a lot closer. Well, how, like you knew that they were fine. Right. Because they hadn't said like overtly homophobic things. Like what were like the signs well, that you knew there was just, safety? I just felt like I knew my parents loved me and I knew that they prioritized that and there weren't any like i've never heard them have any like sort of homophobic you know beliefs and i kind of knew the way they thought and i feel like just from being raised by them i kind of understood that like hey they might this might be a problem in terms of like their adjustment Mm -hmm. but it's not going to change like the way they feel about me or that they love me but i think it it could take them time to 
process and understand the way my life is going to look is mm-hmm. not how they thought it would. So, I mean, I think it took my mom a lot longer than I expected. I thought mm-hmm. she would be like, because at that point we were really close. So I thought she would be like, go with the flow about it. And mm-hmm. it was, com- and also my cousin had just came out and she was like giving advice to my aunt. Like, you have to accept him. <laughs> right. It's who he is. And then like, and then- listen. Yeah. So, and then my dad, I thought we weren't as close at the time. And I thought maybe being a more hetero kind of male dominated you know um mindset it would be tough for him and it was like complete opposite wow because i think for him it was an explanation of like here's maybe why we aren't so close Mm. and well it's easy also because then there's like no self-blame for him you know for like all the (laughs) shit he did where it's like it's like oh this is why he was gay and he was like nervous talking i I actually didn't do anything wrong at all (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't because i was over engrossed in my business no nothing like that no never never um but no i think i I had security with them. I think they, the way they sort of raised me, and we talked about, you know, the way different t- types of people, yeah. like I knew they're tolerant, like they were very tolerant mm-hmm. people. Yeah, well, it's great parents. And it's interesting, oh, right? Because you do. <laughs> yeah. Really? It's interesting also because like when you talk about safety, right? Like one, you were like right to 24 and you had also already worked, right? So yeah. I think for some people, there's this fear about if you come out younger in life, right? Like what happens if I get kicked out? Yeah. Like, like really, like what happens at a safety Yeah level if i don't have means yes. if i don't know what the situation's gonna be i guess there is like a little bit of safety yeah, coming out later and having distance thing people give it like whenever i see gays like giving advice to each other people are always like make sure you have financial stability mm-hmm. like if you feel like you're in a situation where you're debating coming out or not and you're super super dependent on people that could then abandon you it's it's a really hard thing to do and take the chance to Absolutely. do and i'm not saying you shouldn't yeah but i think that a lot of people when they're like hey i want my coming out experience to like be really positive and I want to feel safe about it. I think a lot of it has to do with financial independence because if not, you could really be screwed. And then there's so much blame that would go from that of you abandoning me. Not only you abandoning me emotionally in a time of need where like I'm coming out and I don't have your support, but also you're like financially telling me get out of the house. Right. right? And Mm -hmm. you're putting me in this like really dangerous situation. So like so vulnerable on so many different levels. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there was a safety. It sounds like for you too, like knowing that they were going to be there for you. And also you were going to grad school kind of separate from that. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think with people who, um, you know, are debating coming out. I think feeling that level of security in other parts of your life. Like, if you're not ready to come out and you're like, oh, I really want to, like, get a new job, an apartment before I do, then wait. Like, there's no pressure for you to do this. People are always like, no, I wish I came out sooner, and I do too, but I also sort of appreciate that, like, I came out when I came out. It was yeah. my experience. Yeah. And, like, yeah, would it have been great if I came out at 17 and my first, like, intimate relationship where I sort of felt like a teen in love wasn't at 25 and it was at like 17. Like, yeah, that would have been wonderful. Mm. But at the same time, I wasn't ready. And it wasn't like I didn't have like the mental stability at that point in my life to, to do it. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that. All promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily 
after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks say goodbye to the cheap razor era my friends it's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with athena club em and i just got back from an amazing trip to the caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice the therapy group and in haste of packing because yours truly is a packing procrastinator i forgot my athena club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth a mistake i will never make again the athena club hype is real the shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze no more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises and the quality of the shave is top notch those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly leaving you a silky smooth skin every time plus the water activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable irritation free shave are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with athena club head over to athenaclub.com to try their award winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code shrinkchicks at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. Do you feel like, okay, so this is a really good lead and I'm wondering, right? So when you came out 24, do you then feel like developmentally in relationships, it was like going back to a different age? Yeah, I think that's what's really hard for people to understand is, like, the first – especially the first person that you have, like, feelings for, mm-hmm. if that comes later in life, you you have the emotional, like, Jen's looking at me <laughs> because she knew that my first relationship was so problematic and she, like, didn't know what to say because she wanted to obviously be supportive. But there was a time where she was like, you need to break up with her. Um, I got to the point, and, yeah. you know, that takes me a long yeah, time. It really, yeah, for Jen to give such a strong opinion, oh, that's yeah. – yeah. yeah. It was bad. Yeah. But, no, it felt like all I had known was being in the closet yeah. or being with this person, and it was this, like – you're on this like post coming out high that you don't realize you have for like a long time and then it, that like can spiral within your first relationship where it's so codependent and it's so intense mm. so 
And then afterwards, your next relationships, it's like, huh, I wonder why I don't have that feeling as much anymore. But it's the same thing as, like... But it's the same thing as, like, what you go through when you have relationships kind of early in life. Yeah, but, like, like you went through it in seventh grade. Exactly. <laughs> and I went through it at 25. Exactly. And so. I think I think the tough thing, too, some, you know, when there's a difference there is that if you have friends who have already gone through it... Yeah. And they're like, what like, what are you doing in that relationship, right? There's, there's a harder ability to connect with that experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just trying to let you go through it at the time because yeah. I knew that eventually yeah. you would work through it. <laughs> it took some time. But it yeah. took, I remember sitting, I was sitting at Panera. I think I was near, I was in the Westchester and we were, we were either on the phone or we were texting. And that, I, th- I remember that time period and I texted you. I said, listen, I think you got to get out of here. <laughs> I was like, I've given you enough time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I knew. But everyone goes through that in different ways, right? Everyone goes through those really toxic relationships. So tell, can you speak a little bit to, as you were starting to date and open and out of the closet, what was that like for you in terms of, like, learning about those relationships and yourself in those relationships? Well, I think gay dating is very different than hetero dating. (laughs) Let's just start with that. Like, with, like, I think the expectation of, hetero dating is like let's take a like as a guy it's like let's ask a girl out let's take her on a date you know maybe you kiss her at the end of the night maybe not and then you ask for a second date and i think we all have this preconceived notion of what like hetero dating was a lot of rules right and and, and there's a script so it's easier almost to follow because it's like i'm the girl so i should be the one right like it's like there's more clear roles a lot of things to quote unquote unlearn once you start dating in the gay world because I mean, you log on and it's like, hey, can I blow you in the Chili's parking lot? <laughs> and I'm like, hi, I'm Jason. And it's just like, you know, you're sort of like, whoa. We're on two different this levels is a here. Different, I'm like, why Chili's? Different, yeah, well, you know. Chili's is good. Applebee's or more cars. I don't know. Like, I just. I have to tell you, I don't think Chili's is good. And I grew up thinking it was. And then about two years ago, went back while intoxicated, thinking, like, it's going to feel really good. Mm-hmm. It was not. No. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest here. I've never been to Chili's. Yeah. <laughs> You've been, I've been to Fridays with you. I love Yeah, I, I knew that was it. Where Jed and I grew up, there wasn't like a convenient Chili's there to go to. Right? Yeah, no, there it's, was not, a it's chili- not her fault. To there was a her. Chili's. And there was no Chick-fil-A. <laughs> there was, no, Chick-fil-A Guys. wasn't, how do you feel about Chick-fil-A? Like, yeah, we, we, you just brought up Chick-fil-A. It's so, it's so problematic with <laughs> the nugs. Like, it's they're just, so <laughs> I know. It, it's, I try not to. Yeah, they're still fucking assholes. But, horrible. Um, okay, so, yeah, so you enter into this world that's incredibly different than the one you were in, when the yeah. dating world. Yeah. So how do you then start to process that? Because yeah. it doesn't also sound like you have, like, a ton of gay and queer friends No, I literally you. had no gay or queer friends. Like, no one to no guide one, you. No one to guide me. And it's still hard because I feel like I'm in a very different life stage than a lot of my hetero friends who have certain – I mean, you guys have talked about this on your podcast, too, especially with Jen being um, – electing to be childless, right? Yeah. And it's like you're in a very different life life stage, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. than it feels like. Like, I remember when I started dating someone, they were like, are you thinking you guys are going to be engaged? And I was like – whoa like <laughs> that's so far from my radar like this is my first boyfriend like, like you would never ask a 16 year old i was that, like right? yeah i'm like when i grow up maybe but like <laughs> it's not like that's that's like really far i mean and some some guys get to that like some gay guys in relationships get to that level pretty quickly but for me i'm like that is like really far from my radar i'm just trying to like test these waters out mm-hmm. so and it's very different it's a very different expectation and i think that um being gay it's a lot 
it's definitely I'm I'm certain that it's a lot quicker to the point. Like there's less wooing period. Mm. Like I think you cut through the BS a lot quicker because you feel maybe more comfortable that they think in the same way as you sexually maybe. Whereas like there's this myth about how women think and they're not sexual and you can't figure it out. Mm. So they're like only doing it to like please a guy. So mm. I think that you, you know, as a guy, you're like, huh, I wonder if she would even want to do this or like yeah. I have to convince her. So you don't talk about, I don't know, you guys tell me, but did you yes. talk like about sexual stuff like early when yeah. you start dating someone like date one or two? We're like, oh, verse, top, bottom. Like, what do you like? Yes. What's good? And like you get to it quick and it's like see if you're sexually compatible. And it's much more, I think, comfortable for most gay guys to talk about, which I don't know if that's the same with hetero relationships. It's, I would say no. no. And I think especially with especially for cis hetero guys who are not like with women i feel like we talk about it a lot more with our friends so actually there is more of a comfort level where i think like a lot of straight guys are not doing this no right yeah. right and also women are taught at a really young age how to please men right like we're taught like oh and here's how to give please a, ourselves yeah so here's how to give a hand job here's how to give a blow job yeah. right? right so i think it is very different yeah i think it's actually harder in hetero relationships to navigate that because there's probably a lot of things each person wants to say that's maybe not as socially acceptable. Mm. Whereas gay guys, it's like, yeah, I don't like getting my dick sucked, but I like doing it. And <laughs> you're like, you're like, cool, cool, cool. Want to get it like a coffee? Like it's very <laughs> ingrained is this, is this in, in the, conversation. Is this in the conversation like on a dating app? You're sending it over, like yeah, yeah. And not every, not everyone's like that, but I say it's point. much more normal mm -hmm. in terms of like this just open openness about that aspect of your life was that something that you had to acclimate to at first yeah for mm -hmm. sure for sure because like if someone's like like hey send pics i'm like eh, should i is that something i do like i don't i didn't yeah. know that about myself right like you kind of have to figure that out so do you send pics now um <laughs> it Never with, like, if I do, never with, like, my face in it or anything. Right, good. You smart. know? Smart, but also, smart, smart. Yeah. I think there's different dating apps can be used for different purposes. So I think every, not every gay guy, but a lot of people go through phases where Grindr is mm -hmm. very much hookup oriented. I mean, I met a boyfriend that I dated for four years on there, so it doesn't have to be. But it's it can be very hookup oriented. So sometimes the other apps are a little bit, if you're not looking for that at that exact moment, sometimes the other apps are a little easier and you can't always send photos on the mm -hmm. other apps. So you can actually have more conversation where like, if you're not swapping pics on Grindr, people probably stop responding to you. Yep. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because it's very, that's the kind of the. I love getting on Jason's dating apps. Yeah. You're probably very, is she good at it? Or is she too nice? Sometimes she's like, oh, look at him. He's so nice. That's and I'm right. like, yeah. Jen. <laughs> What that's what I'm doing? saying. I can sort of see you being like, you let too many people <laughs> yes. in, I would no, imagine, right? She's like, oh, look how nice he is. I'm like, Jen, we're we're way off here. <laughs> also, we like, have a very different um, attraction yeah. to men. Okay, well, what, guys, yeah. what is it? What's your different attraction? Jason? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I definitely like, I'm definitely more attracted to like blonde, like blonde yes. looking guys. That look like, like your brother. The, yeah. <laughs> like brother. Wait. <laughs> Half the people I date sort of resemble your brother. 
<laughs> Should we discuss what that means? It really just what means they have, they're just like generic looking white dudes yes. with glasses <laughs> that dress yeah, relatively yeah. well. With blonde hair. With blonde right, hair. Yeah, like that's hair. it. Yeah. So, okay. So more of an Aryan taste will you Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like when I'm on Jason's The rider, chupacabra. The blonde I have, to, hair, I have right? to like look through Jason's like perspective of like what he might yeah. like. But also Jen's like trying to like look at like, especially if it's like a random Friday night and we're like drinking or something. Jen's like trying to like analyze like who they are as a person. I'm like, Jen, I just like want to get dick. Like you don't need to like, she's like, but look, this, it, this means he has a great relationship with his mother. And I'm like, Jen, like not for me okay wait wait <laughs> which is so funny. okay wait but it's really funny because like remember jared freed talked about like how like women it's like business yeah, yeah. right like they have a good relationship with their mom where's the longevity of this relationship where men it's like yeah. no no this is pleasure man like yeah. this shit's not business yeah, 100%. i don't care right like so yeah. it's very different when you look into it so it's it's actually funny because a lot like one of the big differences i've noticed is sometimes with gay guys who maybe have been on the apps for a while gone through had a couple relationships you almost like want to do the sexual thing first just mm -hmm. like let's do this date one if we're compatible then we can date right because mm -hmm. it's like oh do you really want to start to get to like someone and then there's like no sexual chemistry there mm. and then you sort of have to backtrack so it's a lot more like to the point well do you think it's also for women because we've been taught don't ever have sex the first dates oh yeah like there's yeah. so much like sexual shame yeah. but there's also got to be a ton of like internalized sexual shame yeah. with the, being gay do the thing where, where i have to call bullshit Okay, let's. Okay, oh, we're oh. Gonna... do it right now yes, because yes, right that's now. a great lead. Okay, the lead. So, Jason, <laughs> okay. a, so Jason, a segment that we do with all of our guests is called calling bullshit. So, tell us, call some bullshit on something about your life. Okay, bullshit. Is that what I do? Yeah. 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 Bullshit. Um, <laughs> so, definitely, I think the fact that people think gay guys are just more sexual than hetero, hetero guys or and gals. Because, like, girls are very sexual. Yeah. It's just sort of what we've been talking about, that it's not taught socially to al allow you guys to be communicative mm -hmm. about it. And for there to be that openness on the first couple of dates where it's like, oh, this is something we can talk about to see if they're, if it's compatible. It's like this hidden veil mm -hmm. of you have to wait to find out and you can't cross any lines and girls actually don't want that. Like, bullshit. Like, I know from you guys, like, bullshit. Like, girls are <laughs> girls are just as sexual as guys are. Totally. Yes. But it is. But it's really funny because there's all that research that talks about that, like, that um, cis um, heterosexual women report the lowest quality of sex life. Like, the most unfulfilled sex life is straight women. I think a lot of that has to do with, like, that, that whole, like, also straight guys aren't taught how to yes. please women. Yes. Right? Like, that is not something you know growing up no. or a lot of talked about. It's like, hey, if she sleeps with you, you're lucky and you take what you get. But it's never like, hey, you think know. Think about her pleasure. Think about her pleasure and this is what you should be you're doing. just thinking about yeah. yourself. Yeah. Right? yeah exactly. No, exactly. Exactly. Well, and I feel like that goes back into so much, like, you talked about it, like, before you said, like, quote, unquote, unlearning. And I feel like that's, like, a big part, right? So, like, we compare all relations. Well, I think we compare all things to whiteness and straightness. Yeah. Right? So, like, that's, like, the comparable bar. Yeah. But, like, really, we should be unlearning away from those things. 100%. Those are the things that fuck yeah. us yes. up and well, make us very close-minded. You know what I always notice? Like, if you're, you know, if you have a kid and they're like, oh, like, she has a crush on Johnny or something. Like, oh, that's, already I can't, I can't get into that. that they're straight. Even, even with my 
my niece like and my sister who probably listen to this and i feel bad calling her out she's always like she's the best though she is the best but she's like it's amelia's boyfriend and i'm like maybe amelia's gonna have a girlfriend right like yes there's an automatic but the thing is it's but that's okay though but i do it too and i'm you know i'm i identify as a gay male and some member of the queer community but i'm also like amelia it's your boyfriend mason like so cute you know but it's like that's just what's ingrained right there in us and how to think and it's hard to unlearn there was a tiktok trend a while ago that was like it was like how i'm gonna treat like the first girl that dates my son Um, and yeah right do you remember this and all i could think about was like (laughs) dude like (laughs) what are you fucking talking about that is one so insane and inappropriate (laughs) two like yeah good so like there's a really good chance that that first girl that he dates is just a friend (laughs) so why are you dramatizing this little girl exactly but you know what it's it it comes so now it's so ingrained there's it's so great internalized idea that we're comparing everything to straightness yeah Mm -hmm. i love that uh, calling bullshit, you just... That was a very... I was say, I love that we compare everything to sports. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, is that convenient for you, Jen? <laughs> um, no, me too. I like that one. Okay, wait. So I want to know, Jason... Also, when's Jason going to interview us? Uh, oh, my God. I have God. a couple questions for you guys that I know you're We should listeners. do an Instagram of that, though. We should, like, do a video. Okay, we'll let you interview us okay, at the end good. only because we think that it's funny. Okay. Um, nobody will be interested. So you guys can just, after Jason asks, answers this next question, you could just um, exit off of the podcast because it won't because be as you guys good. think people are more interested in your guests than you, and that's complete opposite. I'm like, more interested love, in my guests than yeah, me. Yeah, I know, too. but people <laughs> love you guys, and they want to know about you. So I just want to know more about you. Okay, so if you could tell anything to your younger self... Mm. What would you want to say to him? Such a good question. We didn't prep you for this one. It's funny because my mind immediately goes like, "Invest in Google." <laughs> like, like, do you remember when? Remember when Emily's brother was talking to you about Bitcoin in 2013? You should have listened. No, but like that's like my immediate response for like right now. I'm like, God, it'd be nice to not have to go to work tomorrow. But um, no, I think I would tell myself that like, hey, you are facing a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression and you probably don't even know what that is Mm -hmm. and but it's a bad feeling and know that it won't always feel that way and it will go up and down and what you're feeling is okay and is that she's gonna cry oh yeah and i think that's baby because i think i was so like that's the other thing like we talked i mean this episode we've talked about like you know homosexual versus heterosexual relationships and you know the being gay but Mental, just in general, what I love about you guys is bringing mental health to the forefront because mm-hmm. I, no one ever talked to me about anxiety and depression growing up. It's like, you have a problem. You need to go see a therapist right, and get it fixed, but don't tell anyone either. you're going to see a therapist. <laughs> like, that was the, and it I'm was like, like, so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. Meanwhile, I'm like having panic attacks and like in mm-hmm. bouts of depression because I have all this internalized, like deep internalized homophobia that I'm battling. And like, I had no idea. All I knew was like, I feel really anxious. I feel like I'm crawling out of my skin. I feel depressed and I'm not allowed to talk about that. So, like, that's also, like, I tell myself two things. One, like, of course, being gay is okay. But also, like, the mental health thing that you're going through, that's a lot of people feel that way. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that until, like, almost like Jen, when Jen told me she was, like, I'm going to, like, air your dirty laundry. I think think you were telling me you were feeling, like, super depressed. And I'm like, other people. I was like, remember in eighth grade, it was like, yeah, it was, it was in like, it was, it was in like middle, it was like late middle school, early high school. You talked about how you like told me how depressed you were feeling. And I was like, wait, other people feel that? I can't believe I told you. Yeah. But we didn't, it was like, it was in like almost passing. 
I was like, hey, it's up. I'm depressed. <laughs> You're like, hey, what's up? Don't look at me. Don't look at I'm, me. I'm, I'm in a depression. Really and I'm like, whoa. I'm so glad I Yeah. I don't think I ever told you that. Yeah, but I you but I remember that. And I remember there was like one other girl in high school who like talked to me about her anxiety. And I'm like, whoa. Other people feel this. And it was almost like that if I would have found out someone was gay. Because both of those things just weren't talked about. Well, so, okay. So we'll end with that. That inclusive language is suicide prevention. Right? 100%. So when you say to your child, right? Oh, Right, there's like a school that's like a song that's like saying it like preschools and stuff where it's like some people have two mommies and some people have two daddies, some people are raised by auntie and that's a family, right? And you go around like all these different types of families. That's suicide prevention. Like when we talk about mental health, that's yeah. suicide prevention. It's all the shit before. It's not using, it's not telling people to text a crisis line yeah. when they're already so deep in. It's all the shit you do beforehand to talk about yeah. stuff. No, you always like hit home with those <laughs> sayings you know what that's i'm saying you really okay know. you i'm going to give you five minutes i get five of minutes. rapid fire okay all right so do you need to get your phone you you had really good i questions. do have questions but i remember some of them but okay I might run over there and get it okay what would your autobiography be called <laughs> the oh god oh god i have so many <laughs> So many autobiographies. I've, I've written so many autobiographies. I don't know which one to start with. Maybe like the things I wish people told me. That's a good one. Mine's the things I wish I told people. Should we just combine ours? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. God forbid we do anything separate. <laughs> because like we're it. so codependent. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, mine would be something like completely unrelated <laughs> like that you would have to read the whole book like how to like a 12 minute banana bread recipe <laughs> and you'd go through the whole book and you're like what the hell that's like it? when you look up recipes and you're like i just just tell me how long to bake this exactly. for and at what temperature and they're like when me and my mom yeah, were like, younger did you ever want to have the aroma of fresh flowers you're like okay like i'm just like, trying just to make chicken I'm just, I'm like, scrolling <laughs> to do the whole time yeah all right next next question mm -hmm. so you guys talk about making therapy more relatable mm -hmm. What else do you wish was more relatable? Finances. Finance. That's a good one. How to invest. That's a good when one. When you talk about cryptocurrency, I want so badly and I don't understand anything you're saying. <laughs> you could literally be talking to me in a different language. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And even when my accountant talks to me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I walk out and I'm like, I don't know what anyone just said. Pooping. That, that's mine. That's <laughs> mine. There's just so much shame around it. And or there's... like having something in your teeth. Uh yeah like why, why like if someone yeah, why, why don't that is i don't, I don't. like a booger having a booger yeah just tell, just tell people that's yeah just tell it. everyone right Everyone's oh that's a very a good one okay right yeah I took it to another, another <laughs> mine <level>. was bitcoin <laughs> okay um next question mm -hmm. yeah do you a little more serious okay i know you guys come off as very confident in your profession yes and confident in kind of your um your education and yes. how you got to this point when you're interviewing people or when people are interviewing you or even when you're with clients do you guys ever have self-doubt about yes what, how, what you're telling people all the time I think the hardest part about doing what we do is people want us to be experts and we are not. And we are very much not experts. People that are experts know everything about their topic, right? Someone who is an expert in Bitcoin knows all the different ins and outs. That's not us. We're I, just relatable. I also think that when you put a podcast out and you talk about certain topics, it's hard to make it relate to every single person. Like because it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. And so that's the thing I doubt is that like when we're putting the podcast out, mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, when we talk to clients, we we were thinking about them specifically and like what they were going through. Yeah. When you put a podcast out, you can't be like, oh, this listener went through yeah. this. 
And also, all research is based on white heterosexual people because the majority of people that are participating in a research are in academic settings, right? So if you're working on a research project in Mm. graduate school, it's a lot of times it's kids from undergraduate psychology classes who have to do the research for credits. And so you're just getting more of the same shit all the time. So people want us to like have all these like statistics and research. And it's like, but a lot of this research does not like go to everyone. No, 100%. It's like right now psychology is going through what they call a crisis of results meaning all the research that was done in the 80s and 90s doesn't actually work the same way anymore <laughs> because yeah. it's not the same. Yeah. And that, right, things change. I feel like that's always the case with, with research. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I also should have said this at the very beginning that, like, my experience as a gay man is coming from a very privileged place. Yes. Like, I grew up in a middle class, like, as a, as a white male, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, you know, top of the food chain mm-hmm. in terms of, like, my privilege. Yeah. So thou shall not take what I say as a representation <laughs> because I know that I am in the... For the same uh, thing. Because I, <laughs> I know that I am... Thou shall Thou shall... Because I know that I am in a very privileged place, yep. even being a, a minority in terms of being being queer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Any other what, questions? One last question for us. Oof. Oh, my goodness. Um, final. Final the question. final one. It's the, it's the final, final countdown. countdown. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. <laughs> Who would play you in the movie of your life? Oh my god! I really fucking hope that it's um that it's. I have answers for both of you. I think. Oh, just tell us. No, 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 no. no, 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 no you have no. to answer first, and then I'll, oh, wait, I'll tell you who I, I think would wait, play each but, of you. but then of course, as soon as I say her, her name went out of my brain. Um, Katniss Everdeen. That, that's mine. What? What's her name? She can't play both of us. Actually, what? I was going to say. Jennifer Lawrence. What if Jennifer Lawrence? I actually was going to say we're going to Lindsay Lohan, you guys, and Jennifer Lawrence is going to play both of you <laughs> at different points <laughs> in her life. <laughs> and like Parent Trap. Parent, that's what you I'm saying. You're not going to so say yeah. that. I swear to God. No, you fucking I swear are. to God. I was going to say, I think Jennifer Lawrence could play both of you <gasps> in different parts of like her Yo, life. Yo, this is the mind meld of the century. As long as it's not Kristen Stewart, I'm fine. Hmm. Yeah. Just because she talks out of her mouth too much, you know? Yeah. But you know that I'm obsessed with Drew. Don't we all talk out of her mouth? No, no, no. But I mean, like, the way you right? But, like, like, Drew Barrymore does that, but I'm obsessed with Drew Barrymore. Wait, do you guys guys know we weren't recording? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to give us a heart attack, you tell us to record a whole podcast episode and then say we're not recording. So All right. we will end on that note. We and love you. We We're going to end so with we love you, you Jason. This was Thank you for coming. We listen to this every week so we can just hang out. Absolutely. <laughs> if, if this was helpful for you, if you think it'd be helpful for a friend, send it on over. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, and follow on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to know yourself. And grow yourself. No. You no. got to grow uh, yourself. No. Oh, you want Wait, me? to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. <laughs> Know yourself. We just all screwed. And up. then blow yourself. <laughs> that's actually that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's what it is. We'll see you guys Bye. next time. Bye.